0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar, and I do really mean Million Dollar, PDR Podcast. If you're new, you might be saying, well, what is this podcast all about? Let me tell you. We've been doing this now for several years. We have over 800 episodes. You can find us wherever you catch your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, you name it, we're there. What else? What else? Uh, We mostly talk about PDR marketing and recon marketing, service marketing, but we also talk about pricing. We talk about uh, selling it. We talk about customer service. We might even throw in some tech tips from time to time. We may talk tools. Um, Just a lot of human stuff, a lot of stories. Uh, You're going to like if you're into service businesses or you're thinking about becoming a debt removal tech, this is a great place to start. If you are an accomplished PDR tech and you want to level up, it's also something that uh, hopefully you can find a benefit in like it's served me over the past 31 years. Yes, I am an old mofo. Uh, so either way, hopefully you'll find some entertainment value and then maybe even more and become a much better uh, service tech and, and just have a better business and level up. So. A little bit more. So as far as PDR training, we also offer that offline, face-to-face only. Uh, Over 1,600 students served nationwide recently as as, uh, far away as Rio de Janeiro. We had a student come to us. uh, England, by way of Canada, Sheffield. Uh, Thank you, Raj. It was great training with you. Um, Millions of dollars in uh, PDR revenue, of course. Uh, and everything from, from hail repair, both for body shops and dealerships, and also running our own retail hail, uh, retail store um, experience, wholesale dealers, auctions, rentals, even making PDR tools. We've done that since the beginning of, of our uh, inception, and also currently only for our students and for our staff PDR techs. So, there you have it. Two, hour nut sh- uh, two minute nutshell gives you an idea kind of what we're all about. So, anyway. Uh, this podcast is coming from you uh, live, recorded at the SAI Studios in Laguna Hills, California, USA. A um, little bit more. All right, why not? Let's, let's double down on everything, kids. Over 50,000 downloads. Like I said, 800 episodes. Um, it's been good. I, I appreciate uh, our loyal listeners, all four of you, and uh, kidding, I think it might be five. Um, and... And that, that's pretty much it. So there you go. There's the back story. Let's, let's get moving forward here. Enough, uh, enough about uh, us and what we do. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about uh, this week for this uh, Monday, May 29th uh, Memorial Weekend. Yeah, we are actually working on Monday too. We're trying to catch up. So um, anywho. So yeah, um, we're going to talk about some repair stories from this last week. Uh, and then I'm going to play PDR Oracle. The future is coming very soon, guys. I see it. I just see the way that that uh, the industry is kind of evolving, uh, and not just PDR, but just media. And I know we're gonna have a PDR media tycoon coming soon. It's just inevitable. There's a lot of good content that's on YouTube, but nobody's really figured out how to really double down. At least, not that i been able to find. And if you guys know somebody who thinks making, you know, millions, or they've had millions or hundreds of millions of of downloads, I'd love, to, I'd love to see that. Uh, views, um, because I found some other niches that I think that aren't much, I don't know, maybe they are a little bit bigger, but I'll tell you right now, I, I, think that, uh, I think that the day is coming when somebody's gonna figure out how to crack the code. And I'm gonna talk some stories about others who are in, I mean, maybe a little bit broader niches, but nonetheless, I think we can do much, much better. And I just don't think anybody, any content creators, including myself, have really figured it out yet, but I, I think that day is coming and we're going we're gonna to double down on that. So without further ado, let's get right after, there, shall we? So repair stories. Uh, this last week we had a Mercedes, uh, I think it was the GLC, the smaller SUV, comes in, really nice lady, and I look at her door, I'm like, okay, this door's got some significant watermelon size damage, she's got crowns sticking out of her white door, and... And I'm just like, and then there's another like foot sized in at the bottom of the door. I'm like, all right, this is easily over a G here. And, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I always like to ask if, if you follow the podcast, you know, I've got a protocol when we deal with customers. I always ask, hey, how did this damage happen? And why? Number one, it shows empathy. People like people that care about, you know, the human condition and, and how they feel. Because when people come to us in this industry, they're generally not in a good mood. Although some people are, they may be happy, they may not but what they're basically figuring out is is they um they want to they want to be heard they want to be you know empath, empathized they want to figure out okay what's the deal what's going on so the mom comes in and says yeah you know i got this dent and it was my my son he was upset and he kicked my door and i'm thinking okay watermelon-sized dent you know crowns everywhere this is like an adult you know, especially Mercedes, if you're in the industry, you know how strong Mercedes metal is. It's pretty, pretty beefy and it wasn't aluminum. So uh, I'm thinking, okay, you know, at least 15 year old young man, probably going through some puberty and stuff. And as it turns out, it's a six year old. Yeah. This kid should be scouted right now for the football uh, clubs, you know, in, in England, uh, in all throughout Europe, because he's obviously going to be a power kicker. I mean, I don't know how he put so much force into her door. Maybe it was multiple kicks. I don't know. And you know, then you gotta wind it back a little bit and say, what kind of kid kicks his own mom's door? I mean, I, I know you're probably upset you didn't get a, a sucker or you weren't able to stay spend the night at your friend's house or some crap. But geez, come on, kid. Just you know, this poor mom. You know, and she, like I said, she was so sweet. Even when they after they picked it up and, and the daughter and the mom were like just. Going goo goo. The daughter, who's who's nine, thank me three times. Thank you so much, sir. And I'm just thinking to myself, what you know, is this mom really raising a hellion on the other side of the equation when the daughter's so sweet? I, I think not. I think not. I mean, I just. But nonetheless, this kid's got some serious front snap, you know, power. I mean, it was just amazing. So anyway, so the repair, uh, glue pulling. Okay, first of all, a suction cup to get the the big part of the the watermelon out. Um, if you know a lot about PDR, you know you want to build a lot of heat near the perimeter through the center. So when you do use the suction cup or push with your hand, a lot of the connective tissues are going to follow. I like to equate PDR with surgery. So you'll always hear me talk about surgical processes like sterilizing and and surgery and, and nurse, doctor, preparation, you know, all, you know, all that kind of stuff, so medical tool tools and all that uh, you know the facts and the, and the glossary that comes along with surgery because then if, if you equate automotive with with medical i think honestly yeah it's kind of comical but at the same time i think a lot of people start to give you a little more cred oh they're they're doing surgery ooh. and i'll say oh hey you know while your car is in the in, in in you know in the hospital you know when we get to surgery there's if we see anything else when we go in we're doing some exploratory i'll let you know in other words if there's any other damage on the car or like a lady that was in last week, she had a BMW X2 and I said, okay, that dent in your rear door is probably going to be right around 200 to 225 unless it's buried under the side uh, diagonal brace that a lot of you guys that work on BMWs know. It's, it's a weird diagonal brace about four or five inches in front of the door handle. It's, I don't know why they got that diagonal brace in there. Maybe it's to support uh, maybe a keyless entry or something but it's inevitable. I don't know why those doors always seem to get dented right underneath that stupid ass brace and it's basically whale tail only to get into it or glue pull, which of course I told her if it's in fact behind it, you know, double that amount cuz of bracing, right? So, but anyway, nonetheless, um, suction cup heat to get this dent out, glue pull the other little pockets, uh, tap down the crowns with rubber tips and then I had a tool uh from the bottom of the door and also down the window. And it still took me a long time, a lot more than I thought. It would have been, she dropped it off like 7 or 7.30 a.m. I think I was done around 1, 1 1.30. That's a long time for me. 31 year vet tech. I'm usually doing big dance. But here's the thing about white. First of all, I had this thing trimmed out to about 75 feet away. Wide cross check, reverse check, cross check, And I wanted it, I mean, white shows shadows if you don't get it right. So, and I just, from an ethic standpoint, I always want to do great work. I don't want anything to be half-assed. I'm not going to tell you and lie to you guys here on on air that I'm the best tech that walked the planet. But I definitely consider myself a top tier, 100%. And I try to, it's my ethic, my moral. And I think everybody, you know, yeah, you, you want to make money. You want to provide for your family and yourself. But you also want to give way more than people expect. So, and she had some door things in that same door aisle. So, if you're in there, why would you walk around those? So, we took care of those as well. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that repair was a winner. So, but five and a half, six hours. Uh, I ended up doing it just because she paid cash. It was just under a grand. So, cash is king, right? Okay. Repair number two. Tesla. Guy comes in. Jeff, actually, who we affectionately call the professor, takes the lead because I'm I'm busy working on another car at the time. Model, model three? No, model S, white, pearl white. Hey, how do you guys mix paint? You know, because I had a, my bumper done before, and I really wasn't completely. And we looked at the car; we could see why I wasn't completely satisfied because whoever painted before before didn't really match the paint correctly, and then the prep was asked. So that's a bad thing for us because that means we got to take down all that shit and hope we don't get reactions. But he really wanted to have a shop tour and we gave it to him. And it doesn't always work by the way because our shop, we're small. Um, If you're looking for the Taj Mahal of shops, it's not going to happen. We are not immaculately clean. I'm not going to lie to you because on the weekends we make PDR tools. We're doing Porsche restorations and back so there could be some grease or dirt. Um, Like I said, you can't eat off our floors. We don't you know run a freaking buffer with uh, with nice shiny concrete which I wish we had but we don't. So do we look like we know what we're doing? Yes. Are there always nice cars around? Yes. Are we relatively clean? Yeah, pretty much. But but as soon as we start talking, you know we we walk the walk, right? So I bring the gentleman back cuz he's like, "Hey, give me a tour. Show me what you're going to do. Show me how you what do you do with the paint? Do you go to Tesla to buy the paint?" I'm one of those kind of customers that doesn't understand that no manufacturer manuf- manufacturers paint they, they hardly manufacture cars. They basically just general contract the cars right And then people like AC Delco or Denso or all these other uh, contractors who make the parts for Japanese cars and American cars, those are the ones that actually make the cars right So they're just manufacturers are pretty much a general contract just car car creation. but anywho gave them a tour, showed them a paint scale, showed them the toner set, all the different toners. And what I found that people really like to see the formulation of what goes into mixing their paint. Hey, I, I did this. I'll tell you about the next guy coming up. Um, but uh, I do this for customers. And when they see that, it, it's I'm not telling. I'm showing. It's an old saying. Don't tell. Show. So I showed him where the paint is. I showed him how we're going to be mixing it on the scale and then how it's going to be shot. And then at that point, he was one over. Okay, let's schedule it. Sounds good. Sending happened, we had a Mamba Green, yep, that's the actual factory name, Mamba Green uh, type, uh, Porsche Taycan, which is the all-electric supercar that Porsche makes. Nice car. This green, it, I'm glad it's called Mamba because it, it's badass. It's badass like the Mamba. It, it just such a cool, cool color, rest in peace, by the way. Uh, and it was just a simple little touch up on the front bumper. Sure, we could have sanded it and done a blend, but Jeff and I adequately said, look, if this was our car... Sure, Jeff and I would make a lot more money if we resprayed this bumper. But touch up was the best thing for this client. I mean, it's pencil eraser sized chip, and as long as he could sleep at night knowing it wasn't going to be flawless, but yet it was going to look better. Hey, why take away your factory paint if you don't need to? I said. Now, if you had a like a big uh, cat claw scratch, you know, like eight inches or something, sure, let's paint it. We have no choice. But that wasn't the call. That wasn't the problem. So. Same thing. What are you going to be doing with my car? Come on back. Let me show you. So I punch in his information. I print out the freaking formulation. And I show him. I go, look, there's eight different toners that go into Mamba Green. You see all these different colors? You know, a red oxide, yellow oxide, uh, blue, all, all kinds of different. Black, you know, white, you name it. And then he's like, okay, these guys look like the professionals. I read your reviews. You know, I'm one over. You guys are gonna be take good care of me. But at the same time, hey, don't drive my car. Let me drive it around the back for you. Okay, no problem. No problem. Come on. So we took care of it. He stood over the professor and Jeff did his great, his, you know, his beautiful handyman work. And at the end, the guy was completely stoked. Uh you'll see, we're gonna post up pictures on, on the socials and you'll see the reviews he left for us. Just a super nice guy. It, and I didn't ask him, I didn't say, Hey, can you lead No. I mean, I appreciate the fact. I mean, getting a review from an owner that has a supercar like that, with all that eyeball, it's a good thing. Don't, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I just don't feel like asking. And it cracked me up because one of the he finally trusted us big time, at the end, especially after we performed. And then he asked me, "Hey, uh, would Turtle Wax be? Because he wanted to take care of his own car. I want to wax my own car. What are the good products? I've, you know, back in the day, it was Turtle Wax. I'm I'm sure they're still good stuff, right? And I'm like, no not at all. I mean, Turtle Wax, you know, on a 1980s, you know, Pontiac uh, Chrysler LeBaron or something, you know, or Pontiac Grand Prix, sure, Turtle Wax. If you're going to put it on a Taycan, I go, he's like, somebody told me about Zymol. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Zymol, I go, Meguiar's, you know, Mothers, those are decent products, but don't, I go, don't, Turtle Wax is kind of outdated. I go, I've and I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong because I'm not a, a world-class detailer. I mean, we're good detailers, but maybe there are products that Turtle Wax have come out with a hyper-luxury product, you know, that's just super amazing. You know, ceramics and crap. But I don't think so. So, anyway, those were a couple high, t- uh, top-tier repairs that we did this last week. Um, here's part two. So, I am the PDR Oracle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach over to my crystal ball right here. I'm gonna rub the top gently, and I'm looking into this crystal ball. And, you know, crystal ball, tell me what what's coming in the future for the paintless dent repair industry. What's going to change? What's going to be one of the biggest levers that's really going to propel somebody into the stratosphere, right? One of you guys, maybe one of you lucky listeners right now is just going to just hit freaking terminal velocity, you know, escape velocity and leave our, our atmosphere and just go to the moon with a billboard that's just gonna say, I am all-knowing you know, dent repair god. All right, let's find out. So, guys, the great equalizer is content. You don't need to have $100 million, you don't need to have $50,000 to win over and be a million views producer of content. You just need to have a great marketing mix. You need to understand your customer, you need to be creative and come up with a message, and then deliver. Come up with the deliverables, and I'm going to give you guys examples because I just don't want to just give you a pipe dream and say, "Yeah, it's out there somewhere." Use your imagination. Bye bye for now, and drop the mic and then walk away like a big loser. No, that's not the way we do things here, is it? I give you actionable tips, and then I come, I cite examples so you can actually dig with your shovel, come up with the dog bone in the yard, and then go deposit that dog bone into, into the bank. And by dog bone, I'm talking about cash. So. Content. What do we mean by content? Social media, you know, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, gram, you name it, Snapchat, whatever, whatever your thing is. So how are there ways to get awareness? We've talked about this before, but I'll run down a couple of the main ones real quick. There's earned media. So maybe you do something you give uh, to charity or you sponsored a soccer team that won and you got a little PR off that soccer team the high school soccer team sponsored by Dentco PDR. Oh, great. Hey, thank God you guys are really good. You know, I bought a banner ad. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I get hit up all the time by high school teams. Hey, just buy a banner ad. Just buy a banner ad. You know, people are getting dents all the time and they'll use you. It's like, yeah, if I wanted to burn some cash. But I believe in target marketing. And a lot of people that go to those games are not my customer. I'd say probably 5 to 10% of them are. So is that target when I'm shooting for 5%? No, I'd rather hit 90 or 100% in market that way. And I can do that, but you know, billboard advertising isn't the way. That's just like, you know, throw it against the wall, see what sticks, right? So earned media, PDR, either paid or free, okay? Internet organic, that pretty much like just ranking on Google or Bing or Yahoo uh, or even other search engines. I mean, you could say that that Amazon's a search engine. You know, or eBay. I mean, yeah, you're selling products there, but if you're ranking and they could find you, technically, yeah. And I think there are services that advertise through Amazon, which sounds kind of weird, but I believe it is so. But I'd have to dig back to find out. Um, So internet organic. So if I go into Google and I say, I need a dent removal uh, service near me, and whoever comes up after the ads, that's organic. All right, number three, there it is. Paid ads, just like we talked about. Offline or online, uh, what, what do I mean by offline? Well, you could either have a billboard, you could have one of those truck that drives around, you, know, yard signs, whatever, okay? Um, next one' social media, which we, we're going to kind of focus on today. So social media means you're creating content, it could be on YouTube, could be on any of the platforms I mentioned. But this is where I believe the greatest opportunity lies. And I just don't believe and I could be wrong, I mean, I'm not going to tell you I'm at the forefront of doing research on all the PDR content that comes out. I'm, I'm busy. I mean, I've you know, I got a wife. i got kids. i got, I got bills to pay. But I do peruse from time to time. And, and I found – I try to find stuff that's outlier, stuff that really you know, creative people, just, just wizards can come up with, just stone-cold killers. You know, that come up with content that just all of a sudden, it, it stands out. It, it gets that terminal velocity, escape velocity like I was talking about. Here's some examples, and, and mind you, these aren't dent repair guys. These are just content creators, and I'm not talking about Mr. Beast who's going to go you know, blow up an airplane or, or some of these other dudes that, that are just out for straight-up eyeballs and stuff. I'm talking about people that are actually creating content for businesses that they're going to be making you know, tons of cash on, all right? So here's number one. There's this guy called Mini Katana, and Katanas are like little Japanese swords, right? And they make these swords, and they create content, primarily on YouTube. And these the crazy thing about Mini Katana, and I, I'm, I'm not into swords. I'm not into Japanese anime, n- none of that shit. Or the other one, uh, what's it called? Uh, God, I forget the Japanese, like, like, like the Naruto and all that kind of crap. But, but they, uh, they, they, over the past, I think it's three months, have had over 100 million views on YouTube. And you would think that they'd be creating like 10 or 20 pieces of content every day. And it's just like, you know, the guy spent hundreds of thousands or millions. Of, no, I think their total budget was $20,000. And they created 20 shorts and one long form of content all on YouTube. Can you imagine how much money they made off of selling? And forget about advertising dollars and stuff. Sure, you could turn on YouTube partner, you know, program. Uh, and make make probably quite a bit of money, probably at least I mean sheesh. you know a, mil, a hundred million you probably should be making at least a hundred thousand dollars if not more than that you know off that content. And that was in three months. but they're not doing it for, for advertising dollars. They're doing it to sell katanas. And I'll bet you they've sold probably seven figures in katanas at least high six in those three months. And that's all from just producing, YouTube content, and it's not like they're going out on the street and stabbing people and getting these crazy views or doing wild shit like a Mr. Beast or whatever. They're just creating just content that's interesting to people, and they're viewing it. Whoever their avatar is, and they're—I mean, think about who—who wants to buy a mini katana? Probably people that play video games. Probably, what's the age? Probably 18 to 30, you know, but has a little bit of money and wants to have a katana on their apartment. you know kitchen table or something or or their mantle above their fake fireplace or some crap right or at work I don't know but that's just crazy that this guy in three months okay and I'm, I'm following this guy I'm just like okay you know I'm just trying to study the content and figure out just because what can I do to learn from this guy who's kind of figured out a cheat code right and he's all of a sudden you know very little ads just about all organic, 100 million, right? That is insane amount of views, insane. What if you could get one million, one one 100th of that for your PDR videos? Do you know how many appointments you would get or if you were selling courses, how many courses you could sell or products? If you got in front of the right people, and come on, you're not gonna get volume scale views because a lot of those are probably be backs, comebacks. They've consumed all or most of their content, right? So so th- this is what's crazy. Someone guys, someone is gonna figure out how to create PDR content just like this guy. That it, it number one, they're gonna target uh, their best uh, customer avatar, their customer group, the person who's gonna best serve them. AKA not people who don't have money to spend, no discretionary, but they are they got nice cars. And they're going to be willing to spend that money and they're going to value the service that we provide, okay? They're going to be the easiest to work with and, and who understand and value what we do or they'll listen and allow us to educate them so they understand the process. That's huge because some people just think they know it all. And there are certain groups especially that are just like, they're so hell-bent on getting something cheap, you know, that they're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to spend money with you if I can find somebody to do... Do a dent repair for 50 bucks or 100 bucks all right hey i tried to explain to you why that's probably a bad idea and you didn't want to listen well that's because that person probably doesn't have discretionary income or it's just non they're un- 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 uneducatable if that's such a word i don't know if it is so i'll give you some examples let's say you create some content and i'm not even getting into what the content. I'm, I'm gonna talk about the targeting right let's say you you target hyper car for like ferraris Uh, Porsche's Lambos Maserati's McLaren's Porsches etc You know Upper end, you know SLR Mercedes just just you know just some cool shit and that's you're that guy you're the hyper luxury dent guy okay all of a sudden you've got all these videos one a week of a Ferrari and all these different ones you rotate through you do custom reactions like holy shit I cannot believe how great my Ferrari looks I'm so happy and then they just throw a suitcase of cash at you right because guys it's ultimately It's about the feels. It's about what people feel. It's not about the actual how good did your dent turn out, which just, it drives me up the wall and people are just so worried about, yeah, you want to do good work, but let's get well beyond that. I'm assuming that anybody that's listening to this podcast, if they're serious, realizes how important it is to do clean work, figure it out, get good, and then get way better at marketing because that's the strong lever, okay? So you're the hyper-luxury guy, okay? How much money if you had a ton of videos... Okay, that are targeting these people. You could obviously have people come from out of the area, bringing their cars to you. Dealers, you name it. Detail guys. Oh, I'm not going to anybody except for Brian. This guy is like the Ferrari, you know, the hyper luxury guy. He's the guy that does all those videos. And yeah, I know I'm gonna have to. Co- it's gonna cost a little bit, but I can afford it. The people who have those kind of cars by default can afford it. Now, what people have like nice cars that sometimes can't afford it. I'll give you an example which is going to be my next group that I, I still would target, and that's Tesla Tesla owner. Tesla owner, as I've talked about before in the podcast, it's one or two guys or gals. It's one person who has the car, who's got a ton of money, who just likes the car because he likes to save, but at the same time, he doesn't need or have to save. right? He does it just because he just wants to. He's thrifty or whatever, but he still can afford the car, and he also likes the status that, once upon a time, Tesla kind of had it. it's kind of wearing thin a little bit because they've been dropping their prices, which kind of cheapens the brand a little bit. But whatevs, it's still you know better than it has more status I should say than driving a, a Prius or a Corolla or something, right, or a Ford Taurus. But is it just status driving as a Porsche or an Audi e-tron? I'll let you decide. I don't know, or a Lucid, you know, or Rivian. I don't know. Those brands are getting pretty. Pretty pricing, pretty posh. Polestar is another one. You tell me. So, you're the Tesla expert now. You do a ton of videos just about Teslas. And there's a lot, I don't know about where you're at, but in SoCal, there's a shit ton. You can make a pretty good living just doing Teslas. But you have to prove to the, the owners and the, and the people who are around those cars that you're the guy. Okay, you do that, and a majority of them, not all. Some of those people are going to be cheap and they're not going to want to spend money. You know, I get some people that text me and it's just like they try to prove to me how big the dent is and how much. And even if it's a Tesla, sometimes I won't even have them come in. I'll just say, you know, here's the price. We had a guy, was it, Friday afternoon, texted me, fist size dent in the rail of a car. And I could tell it was a cheap car. I said, what kind of car is this? I figured it was like a Toyota Echo or, or you know, a small Honda. It ended up being a, a small Honda Fit, which I like to call affectionately a piece of Fit. Which you can understand where I'm going with that, and I, I figured the guy doesn't that money because you know we're busy, so I quickly just shot him a number: five hundred to seven hundred dollars for a fist-sized dent and a rail, and that's starting point. It could be more. Crickets, right? And and does it really matter? No, because the guy probably doesn't have a hundred dollars to spend, let alone five to seven. Okay, but going back to Tesla, you could easily charge six hundred to a thousand dollars for each car due to safety protocols. And the speciality of Teslas, if you made the right content, you really could. Is it too niche? It might be, but I'm telling you right now, even if you just made videos and half of your repairs were Teslas, you could do very well. Seriously, you could just ask Igor at PCH Dent, okay, one of my former students who's doing very well and he's doing a lot of Teslas, okay, as are we. So, last one. There's, here's another, another subgroup, a sub niche. Just be the big dent guy, like Bryce Bryce Kelly, or uh, what's that uh, PDR Superman or whatever he's called, Man of Steel. There you go, that guy, up in Northern Cal. I think. Do you guys realize? And I, and I I still probably don't. I say this, but I I can say it without even not realizing it's possible. How many jobs go to body shops in your fifteen to twenty five mile radius that could should would come to you if they only knew let that sink in a little bit how many jobs are rolling into caliber and fix and crash champions or whatever is in your area but a percentage of those should be going to us pdr guys but they don't know because they're steered by insurance or they're just not educated We're still so new. We're so niche. We're so undiscovered. We don't have any. I wish we had a freaking union where we would all advertise and pitch into the pot. And there'd be these PSAs that'd be all over TV and radio. Hey, forget about the body shop. Bring it blah, blah, blah. Right? They don't know. They just don't know. You guys could probably stack five technicians at a shop in your town, USA and have them push full time and still not even make a dent in the demand for our niche. And yeah, pun 100%, totally intended by the way on that. Yeah, you could have five jobs a day and have one tech do each big dent job, just one a day, six, seven hour job like my Mercedes, $1,000 plus. That's $5,000 gross at your shop every day. $5,000 5000 a day, should we do the math? It's hundred grand a month. Yeah, $1.2 a year. It, and, and am I trying to be like some Mr. Super Fancy Guy here? No. No, that's not hard to do. I mean, we're almost doing one one job a day at our shop that's, that's I would call, mega. You know, it's four-figure repair. And we're not even marketing that hard. If we actually marketed, I mean, I've, I'm starting to get insurance companies and agents and adjusters sending me work. Just starting, and that's against kind of their policy. And, they, and they, they have to be careful because they're not really supposed to. They have DRPs they're supposed to deal with. And you got to crack that. That's a whole nother thing. That's a, that's a tough, tough problem to solve for. And I know I've been trying to, well, I haven't really been trying. I, I scratched that itch two decades ago and then said, eh, who cares? Before glue polling even came out and then all of our new processes. And now it's like, shit, maybe I should scratch that itch a little bit harder. Especially when we do spot repairs, it's like we actually paint too. So, but we're busy, you know. But the guys, the day is coming soon. Trust the oracle here, Brian the Oracle, where people are going to drive two to three hours to get their car repaired by somebody they trust, the experience, and even the most important thing, the excitement of your brand. You're going to speak to them like a, like a automotive preacher, at, at your car pulpit. My brethren, bring your car to me. And I will let you see the light. That's, that's what it's going to be. You're going to be freaking Pastor Jim or Pastor Bobby, whatever. And you're going to be speaking the gospel of car repair. And d- don't go to the buy shops. Those evil, wasteful, old dinosaurs of industries. Think about all the industries that have been you know, decentralized. You know, from banks to taxis with Uber and all these you know, Uber Eats and all these you know, restaurants. Now you can get food delivered. The auto body industry is ripe, ripe to be decentralized, where PDR and spot shops start taking the bottom 10% of of the the milk, right? Let them have the big crashes. Let them have the frame jobs and the the welding and all that shit. We'll just do the nice, easy, light little, call it $1,500 to $2,500 to $3,000 jobs. You guys can tab the $10,000, $20,000 jobs. You know, and it's funny because the Tesla jobs that I do when they go to the local Tesla certified uh, shop nearby, those jobs are still ten to fifteen grand anyway, and I'm doing for fifteen hundred bucks. It's insane. It's insane. And I'm making a ton of money at fifteen hundred dollars, by the way, guys. I mean I, there's no parts in that, that type of quote. If there's parts, it's twenty five hundred to three grand. Oh, you need a new liftgate, you need a new hood, Yeah, and Yeah, now we're talking. Okay? So let's recap. Your first step is figuring out who to make the content for. Segment them and produce regular content. One to two a week is fine. It's not about quality. It's not about quantity at first. It's about quality. And really, your quality is going to suck. So just just start producing content, and then you'll learn, and then you'll start producing one to two pieces a week. that are going to be good. Okay. Make the right tr- the right content. Build trust. Entertain, and above all else, honestly, be interesting. You know, you obviously you want to target the right people, but you if you're not interested interesting, people aren't gonna they're gonna tune out. Okay? It might take you a year to get the formula right, but do it like the mini katana guy or countless other YouTube creators. And you won't need to advertise. Your clients are gonna seek you out. They're gonna to pay top dollar, they're gonna tell friends and family, and you're gonna be defensible because only you'll be the brand. You're probably thinking, Brian, that's bullshit. You're just spitting on your mic. You're just talking out your ass. Nah, I don't know. Let's talk about the downsides and then, then we're going to wrap up. Okay. Downside number one. You're going to have extra time because you're going to be doing better paying repairs and it's going to take you less time because the, cl- the clients and everything is just going to line up better with what you do. Okay? So, that, that's right. There's my phone. I'm getting texted for, for estimates right now. That, that, you got to love this business, right? So, extra time, what are you going to do with it? That's a problem, isn't it? Extra money, how will you spend it? I'm sorry, honey, I bring, I'm bringing home extra money now because my marketing is better. You know? Yeah, I could have focused on being a, a 1% better technician from a technical standpoint, but I instead focused on my marketing, which makes us more money, right? Right. Um, okay, let's get for real here. Okay. What if you want to sell your company? This is truly a downside. It won't be sellable or very easily sellable because if you had a brick and mortar and your moat, your defensibility against other businesses is you. Who can? Who's going to step in and take over, right, and re- replace you when you sell it? That's going to be tough. It's got to have somebody that's going to be just as is charismatic or interesting. And there's only one you. So unless you can get that those people, your your uh, viewers, your your followers, your your customers. Your brand ambassadors, the whole kitchen, kitchen caboodle, you know, that's gonna be tough to sell, isn't it? So, I, I don't know, guys. It it's crazy. I mean, people come to us, all right? At our studio, they come in, they people read reviews, they come in. Guess who they ask for? They ask for me. And this is good because they they want to meet Brian. Wow, these reviews make this guy seem like he's a deity, you know. He's 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 Brian the, the dead preacher. You know, preach to me, Brian. And they come in, and I appreciate it. Don't, be, don't get me wrong, but half the time I'm working. I mean, I've got other guys that help me, but we could still use more guys. I, but I need top-tier guys, guys that can do big dents, and they don't grow on trees, you know? I wish they did. I would pluck those trees. I would prune those trees. I would harvest those trees. And, and a given day, I might have a dozen people come in, and I just want to work, not entertain. But guess what? My most valuable... Um, attribute is me in the front of the house not the back of the house. It truly is. And it can be tiring, guys. I don't want to go into full bitch mode here, but I wish there was two or three of us who could tow the line And Jeff and Hunter, you know, or even Jake sometimes I try to help out, but but it's just it's the nature of the beast. So, yes, you you're good. You do this stuff at just a just a fraction, just a sliver. You're going to you're going to blow up. You're going to do great. Okay? So, let's go over the show notes here. Recap Check out Mini Katana on YouTube. Just check it out. You're gonna learn. Check out Plant Daddy. Yeah, it's a real guy. Check out Plant Daddy. I think his last name is Espirito or something like that. On YouTube and Twitter. The guy is is he's like one of the top plant guys and he, it's because of his content. Check out Cast and Spear on YouTube. Very similar thing. These are all million dollar content creators who originally struggled, then been figured out damn cheat code. And you can do it too. So that's it. I'm done, guys. Hopefully that uh, that was at the very minimum was interesting. Almost, Yeah, we're about 40 minutes in. A lot of blabbing. Um, I appreciate you guys. I just want you to know that. I appreciate everybody that tunes in. I appreciate your comments. If anybody's got any comments about this at all or needs direction, I'm always here to help out, guys. I wish when I was coming up, there was people. I mean, there, there was Three people in my county that were PDR techs back in the early '90s. You know, were, you couldn't buy tools. I mean, on, and on, and on. It was it was a pain in the ass. You guys don't know how easy you got it. And I, and like I said, I'm more than happy to help anybody. You don't have to be a client. If you got, you need. Hey, Brian, I, I'm working on this dent. Da, da da da. I'll help you out. All right. I my family needs. Blah blah blah. You know, we need to level up our business. Hey, can you give me some? Yeah, I'll will give you direction. You name it. I'm here to help out. I, I do not mind paying paying it forward, giving back to the industry because at the beginning I didn't have it but later on down there there are, there are people that we mixed with I love to to get with other guys I have mentors in other industries that, that help out that helps me with this that aren't even in dent repair but they're maybe just, just entrepreneur mentors or or service business mentors and it, I mean the more people that you circle around you that have just better talent and more skills that's gonna that's gonna raise you up that's gonna Make you rise. So there it is. I appreciate you guys, man. Have yourself a great week. I'm going to try to get a few more episodes in, but it's been tough. Try to get some more uh, interviews in too. I know everybody loves the interviews. But uh, love you guys, man. appreciate you, man. If you got any questions, 949-302-3464. Have yourself a fantastic week, and we'll catch you on the next SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Bye-bye for now.